Hi there, it's Lucia, host of the Witch Money podcast here. Before we start today's episode, I just wanted to tell you about a really handy new tool from us here at Witch, and even better, it's free. It's called My Money Health Check. All you need to do is answer a few quick questions about your finances, and then we'll do the rest, pointing you towards our brilliant witch advice that we think you'll find really useful. Once again, that's My Money Health Checks. If you want help with cutting your bills or making your money go further, it's the place for you. Just head to witch.co.uk forward slash My Money Health Check. Welcome to the Witch Money Podcast, your weekly hit of money news and personal finance hacks to help make you better off. I'm your host, Lucia Ariano, and here's what's coming up this week. We do need to start buying less. We're buying more clothes than ever before. It it is about having a sustainable mindset. By the end of 2021, I'd saved about £1,300 by renting instead of buying. I mean, I know that I did buy excessively beforehand, so I probably saved more than that. My sister, uh, luckily, has smaller feet than me and is able to buy children's shoes. So we actually have an identical pair of shoes. Mine cost £160 and uh, my sister's managed to get hers for £70. And that's because she's a size three and you don't pay VAT, VAT on children's shoes or clothes. That's why they are significantly cheaper. The cost of clothes and shoes is rising even faster than other consumer goods. Now, as we've mentioned over the last few weeks on our Ease the Squeeze mini-series, inflation rose to 5.5% in January, according to the Office for National Statistics. But clothes and shoes were up even more, costing 6.3% more than the same month last year. So this week, we'll be discussing ways to cut down on clothes spending and make the most of what we already have. And how to do all of this while also considering the environmental impact of fashion on the planet. It's no small undertaking, but for this, we're joined by the brilliant witch journalist, Grace Witherden, and a special guest, freelance fashion journalist and lecturer, Olivia Pinnock. Thank you both so much for joining. It's great to have you on the show. Thanks so much for having us. So can we start with prices then? Um, Grace, firstly, what's behind the recent rise of clothes prices, which is coming in above the already high rate of inflation? Yeah, so this is because the January we've just had, we actually saw smaller discounting than we did the January before. Obviously, the January before, we were just um, heading in, we were in lockdown, we had the tier system. And this January, we actually found that um, retailers didn't discount as much. They're actually the smallest discounts Mm -hmm. we've seen since the 1990s. Um, I also actually read a really interesting report um, called The State of Fashion 2022 by the Business of Fashion and McKinsey. And that sort of said that inflation was caused by a combination of factors, including like material shortages, transportation, bottlenecks, rising shipping costs and a strain in supply and demand. Um, Obviously, we've all heard recently about uh, the price of energy going up. And, Mm. uh, you know, in recent um, in months to go, I'm sure as the factories spend more making these clothes, we see that cost passed on to consumers as well. And what about more broadly, Olivia, you've been working in the fashion industry for many years. And during that time, how have you noticed the price of things changing? While it's true that prices are rising at the moment, clothing's actually never been cheaper and we're able to get our hands on better deals, 
uh, brands that have a cheaper price point that we like because of online shopping. We have more choice than just what's available on our local high street. So while we might be seeing you know, a bit more spending or the price of our favourite brands going up a little bit. Actually, we're at a historical low in terms of the cost of clothing, which has been happening since the 80s. I think this is the first time that clothing has risen above the rate of inflation since the 80s. So despite the recent rise above inflation, to quote the parliamentary report on fashion consumption and sustainability, we're still being offered fashion at so-called pocket money prices. And, you know, we all know what that means. It's, of course, set against this backdrop of fast fashion. And according to the same report in the UK, we buy more clothes per person than any country in Europe. So can we break down why this is a problem? Because in the media, when we hear about how the fashion industry is destroying the planet, what are we talking about? What are the environmental impacts here? They're really numerous, actually. When you think about what goes into making our clothing, there's a lot of people involved. There's a lot of resources involved. There's a lot of energy involved. It starts with farmers Mm. and in, in between there and getting to our finished clothing products, you have spinners, weavers, dyers, embroiderers, um, you know, and the people who cut and sew our clothing. So there's a huge carbon footprint that goes into all of that, particularly because all of those processes will often take place in multiple different countries. So our clothing is traveling around the world uh, from everywhere it's made. Uh, Water usage Mm. is also a big issue with crops that we grow to uh, make our fabrics uh, pesticides uh, as well so that's why organic cotton is a really popular sustainable choice to cut down on those but also because of this combined factor of our clothing being cheaper than ever before we're buying more than ever before mm. and you know we're flooded on social media with exciting adverts for for great clothes and it's all just so easy to get at the click of a button so um Mm. we're consuming more than ever and that's putting huge strain on our resources and the people who work in it it's also a very labor intensive um industry Uh, there are no robots doing uh, the making of our clothes it does rely on people and in order to keep up with the demand that's largely coming from the west and um, you know it, it really is having a huge impact in other parts of the world in a number of ways it's exactly it and, and with shops putting out new clothing lines so often it's just so easy to get bored of what what we have already. And, and as you'd expect, the more we're buying, the more we're getting rid of. Now, research from the charity, the Ellen MacArthur Foundation, has found that the equivalent of a rubbish truckload of clothes is burnt or buried in landfill every second, which is a shocking analogy, isn't it? Now, the solution, the charity says, is a circular fashion industry. And I've also seen this talked about as a closed loop system. Olivia, what would this look like? So when we talk about circular systems or circular production or economies and these are all terminology that gets thrown around and we're talking about rather than that kind of taking of resources making something giving it to the end consumer and then the end consumer throwing it away once they're done with it it's about keeping um you know these items in production as long as possible whether that's through the reselling or rewearing of um, clothing the finished product or those materials you know we need to stop thinking about the things that we throw away as 
as waste and start thinking of them as resources that still have value. And rather than, uh, you know, throwing away and then going back to the start again and doing this kind of linear coming from one place and ending up as rubbish, just keeping everything in a loop, recycling, rewearing, reusing, renting comes into this, repairing comes into this. Um, there are a number of ways. It doesn't just look like one thing. There are a number of solutions that we're doing to try and keep clothing from going to waste. From a sustainability point of view, then, it's all about extending the lifespan of our clothes and shoes, reselling and reusing, as you say. So let's talk about some of the ways we can do this as consumers and shoppers and where it could save you money. Now, one idea that could offer a solution to fast fashion is renting clothes. Let's first hear from someone who's already ahead of the curve. Here's Tolua Akandeli Ajani from Essex on her experience of switching to renting. I probably was buying clothes maybe once a week, sometimes just casual things, sometimes, you know, things to wear out and about. Being someone that does love fashion, I kind of was looking for a way to still be able to enjoy that whilst not kind of contributing to any more waste. Um, And that's when I came across renting, which I thought was kind of just like a game changer because essentially what it means is that you can still enjoy fashion and, you know, express yourself as you like to, but without creating more waste and just kind of by borrowing from other people who are happy for you to share their clothes. So yeah, once I kind of wrapped my head around the concept of not having to own everything, then I just, yeah, I went straight for it. The app that I downloaded was by rotation. Um, and essentially it's like a social media platform. You know, you create a profile, you write about yourself a little bit if you want to. Um, and then you can upload clothes that you would like to rent out. Um, you don't have to if you don't want to, but um, ultimately what you can do is scroll through everything that's been uploaded to the app. You can like things, you can save things, um, you can even like put little collections together. So like if you've got a wedding, you can choose like wedding dresses. If you've got like holidays, you can just put holiday stuff together. Um, so it's really easy to use. It's just literally a case of just scrolling through. You can filter by, filter for size, filter by brand. In some ways, it could be similar to a shopping experience. By the end of 2021, I'd saved about £1,300 by renting instead of buying. I mean, I know that I did buy excessively beforehand, so I probably saved more than that. I mean, I'm shopping less in general, but just based on the kind of data available in the app, the items that I've rented, if I had bought them, would have amounted to £1,300. So yeah, a big saving for me. I really like the driver behind Tolowa's Switched, still wanting to enjoy fashion, but in a more conscious way, because not losing that enjoyment, it's important, isn't it? You could even see it from a well-being point of view. So could this be the future, do you think? You know, I haven't actually tried renting. Have either of you two? I haven't, but I was actually really inspired um, when I spoke to Tolowa mm. for my online piece, because um, it really sounded so easy. Um, yeah. I've definitely got clothes that really nice clothes that unfortunately I no longer fit in uh, because of lockdown and I can't quite throw myself to like um, sell them yet but I'm thinking that I could maybe rent a few of them and likewise I'm attending a few weddings this year and I, I could like maybe rent something to wear instead of buying something which would be a lot better. I've rented a hat for a wedding before, uh, again, because I knew that I was just going to sit in my wardrobe, taking up space in a hat box, you know, space that I don't really have. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I did. And um, it was it was really great. It was a really easy process. 
It's a good idea. I mean, with hats, it's one of those items that, yeah, you know, how often really are you going to wear that? Are you likely to wear that to a wedding again? I suppose that kind of hits the nail on the head about how we view fashion these days, like not wanting to wear the same thing twice. Absolutely. I think with the pressure of social media now as well, you know that you're likely to take pictures of yourself and, and yeah. share it on Instagram or Facebook or whatever. And then you don't want to be seen at you know a wedding two weeks later wearing exactly the same outfit. <laughs> yeah, I, I know. It, it's bonkers really, isn't it? But there are quite a few companies offering rental services now and, and the models can vary quite a bit. So can you talk us through some of the most popular for any listeners who, who want to look into it? Yeah, I actually couldn't believe how many there were when I had a look into this. Um, obviously, mm. there's my rotation, which is um, what Tolera wears um, or uses to to rent and rent her own clothes and rent from there. And that's a peer to peer one, so you're renting from other people. Um, but there are also ones where you can um, rent through these schemes directly from the retailers themselves. So there's one called High Street, and you can rent dresses from M and S. Um, so M and S did a range of Ghost. And these mm. dresses retail for £69, but I had a look yesterday and you could rent one of these dresses for four days for £13. Um, they're quite occasion wow. dresses. So, uh, you know, you could buy it. But um, I think they're thinking behind this is that um, because they, they do look very nice and, and occasion wear, it, it may be easier to rent them. And obviously with that, um, you're not renting it from another person. You're M&S have teamed up with Higher Street. My Wardrobe HQ I had a look at, and that has a lot of designer items. Um, you can also rent clothes that have been supplied by celebrities. Um, so a bit, bit of novelty there. Um, mm. Well, there's also this one, which I found really interesting called Bunley. So this is for babies' clothes, and it's actually um, a, a subscription service. Mm. So you can pick a capsule, uh, which would have 24 pieces um, for the size of your baby. Um, they have like... Um, you know, ones that are gender neutral and, and girls and boys and, and different sizes. And one you have you keep that for as long as you need. And then when you return it, you could upgrade the size and that's 24 a month. So it's definitely something to think about if you've got um, babies because they grow out of clothes so quickly. And how much would that cost you? Yeah, so this one was £24 a month. Um, and then obviously, you'd keep it for a few months, or you could then return it after a few months and get the next size up. Um, and their sort of aim was that they they believe that, um, you know, especially with children's clothes, maybe it, it's worth renting it, they would then sort out the cleaning process, and then that would go to another family. Um, mm-hmm. So the same, the same clothes are, are going around, but you're keeping them for as long as you need. So obviously, lessening the amount of clothing ending up in a landfill is a big win when it comes to renting. But we should say renting has come under criticism from a sustainability point of view when you factor in the hidden environmental costs such as deliveries. And similarly too on pricing, it it seems like a great swap if you're looking for something more expensive. But is it possible to rent for less than the pocket money prices of fast fashion that we talked about earlier? Yeah, I think it is important to say that renting is one solution but like anything we need to think about this consciously and whether it's uh you know the right Mm. thing to do I think renting works really great for those moments that we mentioned maybe have a special occasion or um you know something coming up where you know that purchasing something that's just going to sit in your closet not being used for a long period of time it works really well um but I mean it's hard to gauge how much wear multiple individuals will get out of one piece of clothing 
especially if it's not mm-hmm. a massively high quality piece um, or something that's quite delicate. You know, you might be renting a, a silk dress or something. And we, we all know from our own experiences mm. that you spill something and that's a, <laughs> that, <Absolutely, yeah. laughs> that becomes a problem. And also um, dry cleaning um, has a, a big environmental impact as well. And transportation of getting that in and out, as, as, as you mentioned, um, can all add up to the environmental cost of renting. So it's important when you look at rental platforms to have a look at what the company is doing to mitigate those those impacts because there are some rental platforms who engage in more environmentally friendly dry cleaning processes those kind of things um but but absolutely it used to be that renting was really just a very high-end luxury pieces and that was part of the appeal that you could get designer stuff for a fraction of the cost typically you'll see Mm. rental costing about 10 percent of the recommended retail price on an item but now that we, you know, that we understand that it's not just about the the cachet of having a really you know, fabulous, expensive item for for cheaper, it's also about acting more responsibly and environmentally. Um, we are seeing uh, more brands like like Higher Street's a really great example, um, where you can get High Street stuff for a fraction of the price, and it it feels like a good deal. So can we go on now then to some of the other ways we can get our hands on reused clothes? Yeah, I feel this has really changed in the last few years because um, there are so many apps now that make it a lot easier to to sell. And I've seen a lot popping up recently. Um, One thing I would Mm. definitely um, say when you're using any of these apps is to check the reviews um, and how easy people find it to use. Um, I have some friends that use Depop. She's always said to me, I always get... Um, proof of postage when I sell stuff Um, and there are different protection schemes available for each of these each of these sites so um, if the item goes missing or whatever and and you want to check their refund process as well Um, you want to make sure that when you're using one of these sites you you know what to expect and what the terms and conditions are before you um, buy I would say before you take the plunge and buy something really expensive on there. And now more and more retailers are offering to take in old clothes, some to recycle, others to sell on. Grace, what are some of the biggest stores doing it at the moment? Yeah, so I um, went into my local H&M branch yesterday um, mm. because I'd heard that they they have a scheme where if you bring in an old bag of clothes um, or textiles, um, you can receive a £5 voucher, which can be redeemed against a shop there. Um, so I wanted to go in and double check this scheme was running um because obviously there was a period during lockdown where the stores were closed mm. um, but yeah i spoke to the person there and he said yep just bring in your bag make sure you have um a h&m account so this is free to sign up to it's just an app that you can use um and it means that that that's how they would give you the voucher it'll be on your online account um but yeah it sounded a really easy way to to recycle clothes um and he did tell me that if i wanted any extra information about what happens after they send it off that was all on their website um but there are other stores offer this as well um or similar schemes marks and spencer has a similar scheme um where if you donate items to oxfam so either clothings or soft furnishings you can get um, a five pound voucher towards a marks and spencer spend um but you must make sure that these items are not damaged and they can actually be resold so does that differ to the h&m scheme then in that instance could you just bring in 
clothes fabrics that are kind of at the end of their life yeah definitely you can do that at H&M it can be any any wanted um, any unwanted clothes or textiles and it can be any brand at any condition um, to any one of their mm-hmm. stores um, whereas the, the M&S the Marks and Spencer scheme is more geared towards um, encouraging people to donate clothes to Oxfam which then they can resell and what are some of your other recycling options if you don't live at near any of these stores and, and you think you've got some some bits that have seen better days? Um, yeah, so you can go on recyclenow.com. Um, I went onto this last night. It's a recycling locator, but you just type in your postcode and it will bring up the nearest textile banks. Um, you can also It actually also has general recycling as well. So it will tell you all your local shops where you can where you can bring in what so it was actually really handy mm. um because i learned about some new textile banks i didn't know were around the corner from mine or alternatively you could have a go at fixing up your old clothes yourself we've been speaking to an expert in doing exactly that lucy woodbridge for her top ways to fix or repurpose old clothes with with kind of um repurposing stuff and um and kind of updating things to fit into your wardrobe you have to start with something which is high quality. You can get a lot of that stuff in charity shops. I've done things such as like patching up the holes, kind of like make do amend. I'll add patches to things, which I, I think looks pretty cool as well at the minute. So for example, something that I recently did, um, I have this old coat on the elbows. There was like big holes in the elbows. So to fix this, it's pretty simple and I thought and I think it looks really cool now is I added some like suede kind of elbow pads I think a lot of it comes down to kind of what people's abilities are like if you don't know how to sew you can get fabric glue which is super easy you can buy it online you can buy it kind of in Wilco and if there was anything say you've got a skirt that you want to shorten you can chop the skirt and then stick stick it at the bottom with some fabric glue and to hem it if you haven't got any sewing abilities. You can buy um, like iron-on bonder web which basically sticks the fabric together with just an iron. So that would be like yeah hem and trousers, hem and a skirt if you wanted to shorten anything. Or even like go into your bathroom cupboard and I like to use bleach on things so it and it changes the colour and you can create cool patterns. So kind of like tie-dye. So I've had some old kind of denim shirts and denim jeans and you can dip it into bleach you have to be careful make sure you're outside and you're wearing um wearing um like rubber gloves there are a few of the the main ones which i would suggest for people to give it a go you might as well try it and especially if you are worried that you're going to ruin it what how about buying something cheap from a charity shop and giving it a go or if you weren't going to wear that thing anyway you might as well try it anyway and just see what happens Grace, Olivia, have either of you tried to do anything like this? Yeah, I have. Um, I'll preface this by saying I am terrible at the <laughs> sewing machine. <laughs> um, so it really doesn't have to be, uh, you know, you don't need to have any special skills. Um, I have done things where I've had um, an item of clothing that, that got a stain on it that wouldn't come out um, in the wash. And I just used an iron-on patch to cover it up and it made, you know, added some extra decoration to it. Um, I had an old pair of 
uh, trainers that um, I stupidly wore white trainers to a very dirty nightclub um, and they were in such bad condition afterwards but I just bought some um, fabric dye they were like canvas trainers and I mm. bought some fabric dye from the supermarket just the one that you shove in the washing machine with the shoes and I made them purposefully black <laughs> oh brilliant wow that's a great that's a great tip and you can also do that with um I've done that with black jeans before mm. um the dye's so easy that goes in the washing machine yeah it's really convenient <laughs> it's a good idea and you mentioning about having a stain on something that really rings uh rings true to me at the moment because I've actually got a white t-shirt in my bath at the moment that I noticed really uh, shamefully ha- had a kind of red sauce stain on the front of it and I've been really trying to get the stain out but I think what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna um tie-dye it which I've done before with some other white stuff and I feel like that might be quite a good way of um disguising it basically that's also really fun as well it's always a really fun task yeah yeah it's fun I guess it'd be fun if you had kids to do it with as well there's some other really great services as well if you're you know if you think that you need to adjust the uh, you know size of anything or mm. you want to turn a, a, you know a, a dress into a top or something like that um obviously a, you know any of your your local tailor on your high street will be able to do things like that for you but um i've used clothes doctor in the past right. um who are, who are really great you can just book repairs online they'll do you know they'll do basic things like um you know stitching a button back on mm. even <laughs> if you can't do that yourself um and uh, you can just post off your stuff to them mm. and uh, they'll send it all back to you. But if you want to do anything a bit more interesting uh, with your clothing, then you can have a video consultation with them and they can discuss options for how you could turn something into something a little bit different mm. to give it a longer lease of life. And what kind of price would you be looking at for these kinds of changes? Oh, it really um, obviously really depends what you want to uh, yeah. get done, but something like you know replacing a zip that's broken is going to cost you 15 pounds maybe um mm. you know a, a bigger alteration where you're really changing the style is maybe gonna um cost you a, a bit more and uh, you know I think it is quite challenging with clothing being so again this historically cheap um <laughs> thing that we, we we've talked mm. about um it, it can sometimes feel like why would I spend the the cost of the price of you know buying a new one or getting it repaired but I think that is yeah. kind of that sustainable mindset of being like well this is an item that I really love and I really value this as a resource and and everything that went into to making it and therefore I think it's worth it absolutely and and aside from reusing and expanding the life of clothes already owned there is a message here on buying new that if you are shopping for new clothes essentially buy less and really consider each purchase and it was London Fashion Week recently and as the I reported this sentiment was echoed by the organizer Caroline Rush who said shops need to sell fewer clothes but for when you are buying new we want you to save money now we have an article on which.co.uk looking at the various ways you can save money on clothes and shoes and we'll pop that in the description of this week's episode and now let's run through some of the best ways to save grace the first tip in the article i love and i wish i could do it myself but i'm 5'11 and hadn't and have i haven't had size five feet since i was an early teen so that counts me out i think you you must know what i'm talking about 
Yeah, this is a great tip. Again, not for me because I'm a size seven, but um, my sister uh, luckily has smaller feet than me and is able to buy children's shoes. Mm. Um, Now, a lot of um, brands actually um, have children's versions of their most popular styles. Um, So they look identical to the adult version. So, um, you know, like Nike, Converse, Adidas, Dr. Martens. Um, so we actually have an identical pair of shoes um, of Chelsea boots and mine cost £160 and um, my sister's managed to get hers for £70 um, and that's because she's a size free and, and could obviously order it and you don't pay VAT, VAT on children's shoes or clothes so that's why they are significantly um, cheaper. Such um, a big difference isn't it? Yeah it's, it's, it's annoying because it's not a tip for everyone um, mm. but definitely for those that can it is worth looking you can often find out if you go on maybe like the junior section um, on a, on the brand, it will bring up styles and it will say, you know, the biggest size they go up to. And what about the likes of discount codes and cashback? Where would you recommend checking for the best deals? Yeah, so... I do have an add-on, um, so it's like a browser extension and it will automatically find any deals I might be if I'm looking to buy something. Um, but I also think um, reviewing is a really good tip because I bought some shoes the other day. Um, they were quite an expensive purchase, so it was one of those things where I'd been thinking about them for months. Um, mm. I finally took the plunge and they're great and I've reviewed them um, so that other people will know how they fit me and what I think of them. And because Mm. I reviewed them, I was actually offered um, a 15% discount code off my next shop, which I don't think Mm. I'll be using anytime soon because I've, I've just bought a new pair of shoes. Um, But it does show that sometimes you can get codes for, um, you know, signing up to a newsletter or, or Mm. um, writing an honest review. Um, But obviously, um, it's it's one to bear in mind that um, obviously they give you these codes because they want you to spend more. Um, So I guess one tip I'd always say is if you're going to get something, uh, maybe think about it for a week. That's often what I do if I really want something. I'll I'll leave it in my basket and think about it for a few weeks. And then if I still really want it, Mm -hmm. then I'll I'll purchase it. But, you know, a lot of the times I realise I don't actually need it. And, and how useful can cashback sites be? I mean, personally, I, I've found them quite useful. It, it can just be a li- a literally an extra click before you buy something online. Yeah, cashback sites are really great. Um, this is another one that my sister uses quite regularly, and she's made a really good saving this year. And you can also look at cashback credit cards. So again, um, think about if this card's right for you. Um, but there are some benefits to it. And if you do want to use a cashback card, you'd basically, um, you get sort of rewarded for spending and that um, your you, the, the card will pay, pay you a percentage of what you spend back. Um, but you need to try and pay these back in full every month or any interest will wipe out the potential savings that you've made. Um, so it, they're a card that can be used really well if, if you've got the means to pay off it monthly. Um, and you can and you can earn some money, but again, think about if this is the card that's right for you, and if if you've got the funds to be able to pay it off in full every month. And finally, then, can you both leave us with uh, a takeaway for today's show? Your favourite piece of advice, say for advice on saving on clothes, especially with a sustainability focus. I'd say that for me, um, it's the least fun answer, but. Buying nothing <laughs> is the cheapest and most sustainable option um, that, that is out yeah. there. And um, that's obviously not, uh, you know, possible all the time. But uh, there was a, a study published recently by Leeds University with a list of 
six lifestyle changes that if we all did would make a massive difference to the climate crisis. And one of those was buying no more than three new pieces of clothing a year. And I think that's quite a good sort of target to aim for. And that's really specifically talking about new pieces. So um, you could buy more if you were buying secondhand or, um, you know, looking at rental options, some of the things we've discussed in this uh, podcast. But we, we do need to we do need to start buying less. We're buying more clothes than ever before. Um, so mm. I think that really it, it is about having a sustainable mindset and everyone has different uh, things that are uh, you know, available to them. Obviously, buying three new pieces a year is not going to be useful for kids, for example, um, who are growing all the time. Yeah. So I think it's just about thinking about mm. your own circumstances and trying to make the best choices possible. Look at what you're throwing out when you get rid of your clothing look at the items that you're getting rid of are you noticing any patterns about certain brands that you don't keep hold of for a very long time or um something that you bought that Mm. you know was a real hot trend for a moment and then died out really quickly whatever it is you know learn from those mistakes that you're making there so you can be much smarter about your purchases fast fashion is often a bit of a false economy where you think you're getting a great deal but then you're encouraged to buy more and you get rid of it much Mm. much more quickly um so and you know the things that we've talked about renting your clothing and reselling your clothing you will get much more of a return on your money if you're buying better quality clothing in the first place But there is a bit of a misconception that sustainable fashion is about buying from independent, sustainable fashion brands, which can be quite expensive sometimes. And really, it's not. It's about trying to make smarter decisions, buying less um, and working with what you have and not letting things go to waste. Just on that for a moment, there's so much great stuff in that answer. Thank you. Um, When you're looking at a shop, what kind of credentials should should you be looking for if you want to shop sustainably? It's becoming quite challenging because since sustainability has really been on the you know the news agenda for fashion, almost every website you visit now will tell you you know what they're doing for sustainability. Yeah, and so it can be really hard to know who to trust. I think it is fair to say that largely small independent brands, as opposed to big high street chains, are doing more. They're able; they have sm- smaller supply chains, so they can keep a track of them Mm -hmm. um much much more easily um so if you you can shop small and independent that would be great um but I think you know coming back to the Caroline Rush quote that you were saying earlier about ultimately brands need to be selling less um there is a big movement to encourage businesses to be more transparent. It's so great that we're having these conversations and that brands are taking this seriously. And, um, you know, that's, but we're still really at the start of it. So I think just, just look at how much information is available to you as a consumer. That's what I'd say. Like, if you feel like the tone and there is a load of information that you probably don't even have time to scroll all through it, that's kind of a really good sign, actually. Um, whereas if you feel like there's just a very generic statement about we really care about this and yeah, if it sounds like something that you could have written yourself, <laughs> then they're probably not taking it very seriously. <laughs> And Grace, what would you like to leave us with your kind of final piece, uh, your your final nugget of advice? 
Yeah, I guess it touches on what Olivia was saying there. But um, going back to these these boots, I was saying that I have a pair and my sister also has a pair that was a lot cheaper. Um, now, I bought this pair of boots three years ago and I still wear them throughout the winter. Um, and although they did cost me a lot, um, they're, they're still in great condition. And and I feel like, you know, that, that just shows that um, sometimes it's worth looking at the quality and if you know that, you know, especially if you've already got an item, that pair of jeans that you've had for years and years and years and you think they're in great condition, um, you know, it's good to go back back to the brands that at least, you know, are going to last because it will, you know, had I not had these boots, I could have seen myself maybe, um, you know, they saved me essentially buying, you know, two or three different pairs because, I wear this pair all the time and and they're great quality. So I, yeah, obviously it's really good to look at the quality of what you're buying. Um, it's sometimes worth spending a little bit extra if you can afford it to get something that you think will last a bit longer. Thank you so much to Grace and Olivia for coming on the show today. And thank you for listening to this week's episode of the Witch Money Podcast. Before you head off, please do hit follow and subscribe to the show and leave us a rating and a review wherever you're listening. And for more money news and advice, find us on social media at Witch Money and online at witch.co.uk forward slash money. This episode of the Witch Money podcast was produced and edited by Rob Lilly with additional support from Ian Aikman and Charlotte Gifford.